0: a marketing agency or a marketing consultant comes to you and they say listen uh, we need you to sign a six-month contract with us or a 12-month contract or an 18-month contract that is a red flag in politics in every political campaign i've ever worked on as a marketer every contract i've ever signed in my entire career is month to month
1: welcome to business owners radio Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad.
2: Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 128. In today's show, we're talking with Philip Stutz, author of the new Amazon bestseller titled Fire Them Now. The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell. Philip has decades of political and business marketing experience. He has contributed to the election campaigns of over 1,000 victories of senators, governors, and representatives, and two presidents. In 2015, he founded his political and business digital marketing firm for politicians, small businesses, and Fortune 500 companies. His agencies have won more than 20 prestigious industry marketing and video awards, and he's a regular on CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC. Good morning, Philip. Welcome to Business Owners Radio.
0: i uh, so glad to be here and uh, greatly appreciate what you guys do to provide business owners out there, and uh, hopefully I can serve them as well today.
3: I'm sure you can. You've had such an exciting career in marketing and in politics. And just curious, tell us a little bit about how you got into this business.
0: I grew up in the state of Alabama, so I only really cared about two things, uh, college football and politics. And I'm about 5'10", about 150 pounds. So the football thing was never going to be in my future. And I decided back in 1996 that I wanted to do an internship in politics, moved out to San Diego, worked at a presidential convention, and just got the bug. And the people that work in politics understand that. Uh, it's, it's just such a passionate profession and found that I just loved working in politics and then spent the next 10 years running political campaigns, worked on presidential campaigns, running Senate races, governor's races all over the country. I was really a vagabond. And in that period, I'll never forget, there was one three year window when I had like 20 days off total in three years, including weekends. And the best way to describe working in politics is it's kind of like smoking crack cocaine. All you're trying to do is, is get rid of it and not do it again, but you got to go to the next hit. And that's really the way we all talk about it. We all say it's like crack. And so, you know, I, there's just such an energy behind it. And then when you get away from it, you want to go back to that energy because nothing ever meets the kind of adrenaline rush you get from working in politics.
3: So talk yeah. about that. What is that about? Because I can't listen to more than three minutes Of any kind of news without wanting to never listen to anything political again. So, what is that addiction? So when I was coming up, it wasn't like that. We didn't have
0: social media platforms and, you know, all we had was three cable networks that didn't spend every waking moment trying to literally light everything on fire and get people rising up. And so, and then when you get inside a political campaign, it's completely different than what people see on TV. What they see on TV is, again, people trying to put lighter fluid on fires you know, everywhere and blow things up. And inside campaigns, you're trying to figure out how to make a difference, how to improve. I mean, I really looked at what I was doing as public service. And people have all these horrible notions about their congressman or whatever it is. But if you say, what do you think about Congress? Everybody hates them. And then you go, well, what do you think about your congresswoman? And they go, oh, I like her. And that's in a way how political campaigns are. You know, we love working in there and fighting for what we believe in. But then you get out into the noise of TV, the noise of social media on it, and it turns everybody off. It turns me off. I don't watch it anymore either, even though I'm going to go on TV. So uh, I understand that. But you know what it is? It is purpose. And that's why I think everybody is so addicted to working in it because it is the most purpose-driven job you will ever have in your life. And I think that's what I carried over into the business side was how do we put together marketing campaigns for businesses that really drive with purpose? And maybe it sounds like coach speak or gobbledygook, but it's really true. And it's really the passion of what I'm focused on. And then once I applied those political marketing principles into business, we started having explosive results, and so much so that businesses were converting customers in almost half the time that they were converting them with a typical marketing agency. And I think that's because we have a fundamental principle in marketing and politics that most business or marketers don't apply.
3: Well, that is a powerful message. I have to tell you, this idea of purpose, like you said, it may sound a little fluffy, but so often, The reason we're not getting the conversions we want, the reason we're not generating the revenue we want is because somewhere along the way, we've lost sight of that purpose. Or maybe we've just not been really good at communicating it or worse yet, we're communicating it to the wrong people. 100%.
0: And I think you literally just defined how we approach our marketing for businesses in that regard. And think about it like this. And there's so many similarities to the way we run politics and the way that businesses should be marketing to their clients. So many businesses come to us and say, yeah, we fired a couple of marketing agencies. You know, we ran some Facebook ads and we had some SEO up and we just didn't get the conversions we wanted. I'm frustrated. I cannot stand having to spend money and all this stuff. And I say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's all tactics. What is your strategy? And they go, well, uh, marketing, (laughs) you know, hold on. The strategy is to understand the customer and to build a relationship. That's it. That's the strategy. And in politics, we must understand the voter and build a relationship between the candidate and the voter. That's as simple as I can get it. And so to go back to what you just said, Shai, it's like... What we've got to figure out is then, okay, if that's the strategy, then what's the first step? The first step is to just run out a bunch of ads. In political campaigns, we go out and we take a survey, a poll. People know polls, right? People, when they see polls on TV, they think the horse race, like right? candidate A versus candidate B, where do they stand? Well, that's not what we do in deep inside political campaigns. We run polls to understand where there's alignment between what the voters think and the candidate thinks. So if the candidate says, here are 10 issues I'm very passionate about, and we go poll the voters and we find out they're only three of those issues they're in alignment on, then all I'm going to do is market to those three issues because that's where the alignment is. That's where you build the relationship. And so what we do on the business side and how we apply it is that before we work with anybody, we must understand, we must undertake a research project so that we understand their customer, their client, and what do they care about. Because if the customer or the client thinks of you as a commodity, as the business owner, you're replaceable. That's a fact. And we are in a customer-generated economy. So if you don't know how they think, how they feel, what psychological drivers motivate them to make decisions, you could say, well, they need our product. Well, that's not necessarily true. And I've got lots of examples that I can kind of go through that with businesses we've worked with that, that they thought one thing was obvious and the exact opposite was obvious. And so we must find that out first. And then once we know, then we can start marketing to the things they care about. We market to the alignment of the business and the customer. And that starts building a personal relationship. Everybody in America right now has a phone in front of their face. Everybody. And so every marketer knows this and preys on business owners and says, you got to run all the digital platforms. You got to do this and this. And listen, I own two digital marketing companies. And I'm telling you, that's not the tip of the spear. The tip of the spear is to go where they aren't. And it is to build a personal relationship with your customer or client as the strategy. And you use the digital platforms, the traditional marketing platforms, whatever it is, to reinforce that relationship. And that's the key. And we fundamentally get that in politics. That's how we run every political campaign.
3: Yeah, we're definitely going to want to hear a few examples. But I have to tell you, just listening to you, it occurs to me that so many business owners open their doors and they get some customers. And because they have some customers, they think that that's validation just because people are buying a few things, right? Until they run into a point where they're not getting more customers and they don't know why and they don't have a sustainable customer base, and they don't know why. And it's almost like if you're just sitting back and really not strategically marketing, it's kind of like trying to win the popular vote versus the electoral college in a weird (laughs) way, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like, you can't just appeal to everybody in sort of this way where you're making these bland promises, perhaps, that you think are going to appear to a large amount of people. But if you were really strategic you could find those people that just absolutely love what you're doing and will not only so loyally buy from you, they're going to bring others into the fold. And that's what's going to make you successful
0: hundred percent. So I'll give you an example of a company we're working with. So this is a $20 million company. And then they were a family owned business. The father started it. They turned it over about 10 years ago to the kids. And the kids built it from basically a $5 million company to $20 million company. Then they built it on one marketing strategy, discounts for their product. And I always say, that the worst thing you can ever do is get lucky in your marketing strategy because that is just pure ignorance and it's going to eventually catch up with you. And so they got really lucky. They picked a tactic that worked. And I will tell this to all business owners, tactics do work, but they eventually don't. And when is that going to catch up with you? So they came to us because they said over the last two years, they had spent $1.6 million on marketing and had failed to grow the company. In fact, the company was now regressing it was not a $20 million company anymore. And they didn't know what was going on. So we said, well, let's figure out first what's going on with your customers. And they said, oh, they're like discounts. And I go, well, you've been marketing discounts for two years and you're not growing. So let's figure this out. And so we went in, we have a partnership with the largest data psychological analytics firm in the country. And we went in and found out all the psychological drivers to their entire customer base. And by the way, 10 years ago, discounts worked because the economy was in a different spot, Right and now their customers are making more money. They look at discounts as cheap. They don't want to buy discounts. They want a higher standard. And what we also found out was they're very invested in their community in their charities and their families. Stuff like that. This family-owned business had never told the story that they were a family-owned business. We also found out in the research that their customers, instead of buying discounts, They were bundling services because in them, that's a higher standard and they save money. So they were bundling internet services, cable services, all those kinds of services. They would rather bundle than buy a discount. So what we ended up doing was refocusing the entire campaign. High standards, bundling services, family story. And we've grown that company by $2 million in the last four months because they finally understand their customer and they hadn't understood it for two years and they spent $1.6 million in lost business. And so what I tell business owners is what's more important, spending your big marketing budget on a bunch of tactics and maybe getting lucky for a while, or is it to fundamentally understand how your customer thinks, what drives them, what motivates them, and then what platforms they're on, and then going to build the relationship that connects with that customer. We're trying to build connections. No one is doing that right now because everybody's saying you need to have a digital marketing strategy. And so what we want to do is how do we connect? How do we build personal relationships with the customer so we're not a commodity in their eyes? And by the way, if you think about this in politics, that's the fundamental difference in what we do in politics. Our candidates are knocking on doors. They're holding press conferences. They're doing town halls right? They're walking around in parades. They're getting to know the voters. They run ads that emotionally connect with the voters. And that's the whole point. And that's what we try to do and what we're doing with our business clients right now.
3: Yeah. They're doing customer discovery every day of the week. We're always trying to get business owners to do this. Like how well do you really understand your best customers? And they're out there in front of them every day, trying to understand them better.
0: Yeah. And so it's interesting because I've just kind of drawn a line in the sand. I won't work for a business that wants to run tactics because ultimately that means I'm just trying to make money and I'm going to make a lot of money. If a business does things properly, markets the proper way with a real strategy that meets their outcome, I'm going to work for that company for years, not a few weeks or a few months. And that's the fundamental difference. Like I'm lucky too. I have that luxury. I have a very successful political marketing agency and I have a successful business marketing agency. They're separated. And so I don't have to sit there and go, oh my gosh, I need money in the door. I don't need that. I've got that. So I have a high standard of, listen, if you want to work with us, you have to follow a process because I'm only in it to grow their business and grow their bottom line, which is kind of the theory of the book, which is, businesses should be winning at the game of marketing, not marketing agencies. And so I kind of lay out what that is all about in the book and how they can win the game, these business owners, what they can do to take back the rules of marketing so that they win instead of the marketing agencies always getting their money and not saying any ROI. And so that's the fundamental principle of what we try to do.
2: Philip, you've mentioned your book, Fire Them Now. And of course, it raises a lot of questions. How do I know before I have to fire them? What principles should I be looking at first when I'm looking for a marketing firm for my company?
0: Well, there are a couple of ways you can do it. I'll give you one, and then I'll give you a resource guide. Number one is, and this is the first line I lay it out in the book. The first thing any business owner should do is if a marketing agency or a marketing consultant comes to you and they say, listen, uh, we need you to sign a six-month contract with us or a 12-month contract or an 18-month contract, that is a red flag. In politics, in every political campaign I've ever worked on as a marketer, every contract I've ever signed in my entire career is month to month. Month to month, because the business owner needs to know that I better work my tail off, or I'm going to get fired. I better innovate, or I'm going to get fired. I better prove ROI, or I'm going to get fired. The onus is on me as the marketer, not a long-term contract that protects the marketer. So that is one. I have seven laid out in the book, and I also talk about the steps they can take to take back the game and to own it and to take control of their marketing. But the other is you can go to com backslash offer and download the three things you should know before you hire or fire a marketing agency. It's a free article uh, and I wrote it and they can download that for free and it kind of lays out a couple other ideas.
2: Philip, you mentioned a number of things that's no longer utilized within the political environment and in the marketing side of your business for businesses. What's no longer normal there? And you mentioned a couple of things, but what's really a dinosaur these days?
0: I know this sounds crazy. You know, there are people out there yelling and screaming, don't run direct mail or don't run billboards or doing anything. First of all, if eyeballs are going to a certain place, why wouldn't you go there? And I'm not saying every business needs to go there, but, you know, we have a a client that their entire customer base is millennials. And they built their business by promoting and doing everything on their business on Facebook. And they lost business over the last few years. And they came to us and said, we can't figure this out. Well, the eyeballs aren't on Facebook for millennials and Gen Zers anymore. They're over at Snapchat. They're over on Instagram. And and this guy, this business owner, had not adapted. So the rules are changing constantly. And I could tell you that the dinosaur, in some respects, could be Facebook. But the biggest ROI generator for some businesses will be Facebook. So it just depends on where the eyeballs are going, which is why I always go back to finding out on the research, investing a little money instead of losing a lot, to understand what your customers think and where their eyeballs are going, and then understanding how to build relationships with them on that front. So as much as I'd love to say, you know, newspaper ads are dinosaurs, well, for maybe 98% of marketing, they are dinosaurs. But we just met with a client yesterday. We ran a research report for them. Their customer base, one of the platforms that they are on right now is local newspapers. So I can't tell you that that that's the biggest dinosaur out there. They're all over the place. It just depends on what the customer thinks and feels. And that's where we go.
2: There's this leap in traditional marketing of widgets or services, just features and benefits, features and benefits. And you're talking about the new wave of that emotional attachment, that relationship and having an affinity to a brand or a service. That sounds expensive. What are your thoughts?
0: It's so not expensive if you do it well. I'll give you a great example. Chick-fil-A. I actually wrote a a Medium post about two weeks ago called The Chick-fil-A Economy. Chick-fil-A focuses on three things, three things. And this is any business owner can do this. And it has grown Chick-fil-A into one of the largest fast food chains in the world. First is their commitment to helping others. Not only have they given around $19 million in the last few years away to charity, they close on Sundays So if their employees spend a day with family. Like that's the entire intent. So it's not fake in over the last few years, investors, Wall Street, everybody is screaming for Chick-fil-A to open on Sundays and they won't do it because they have a commitment to having their employees have a day of rest and reflection. People may not agree with that, but that's what their commitment is. That's their core value. The other is authenticity. Like I equate authenticity with a great product. A couple weeks ago, we had a big party at our house. And at that party, we had cheese and charcuterie spread. We had a big fruit and dessert platters. We had all these foods out. And then my wife went out and bought about 100 Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and put it out. And I'm like, all right. Within one hour of the party, they were all gone. People go nuts over those Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches and their nuggets and everything else. So they have an authentic story and their product is authentic in quality. And then the last thing is they market to emotion. And one of the things I talk about in the book and the way that we build relationships is one of the great marketing strategies that has ever existed is marketing to emotion or the comparative ad strategy. So in politics, obviously, we run these negative ads, which everybody hates, but we do them because why? They work. And the reason they work is because it evokes emotion. I'm not recommending or advising businesses to run comparative ads like they do in politics. That would alienate half of the customer base. So I'm not doing that. But Chick-fil-A did the most craziest negative comparative ad strategy ever. I don't know if you've seen it, but they've run it for almost 20 years now. And they basically have a cow that runs in front of people saying, eat more chicken. It's almost like they ran a comparative ad campaign on themselves in a funny way. So they made themselves the villain and cows, they made the hero, right? Save our lives, eat more chicken. And those ads have been so effective that it has grown Chick-fil-A into one of the largest brands in the world. And they are only open six days a week, which is insane. And so if you are a business owner and you literally can show a commitment to helping others, right? Your first priority is the customer or the community. Be authentic and have a great product and then market to emotion, you can have exponential growth. And I'm not saying that because there's this big brand that's done it. We do it with small businesses and we do it with big businesses. And we've seen unbelievable growth for those that have gone out and said, that's the core strategy. Let's go do it.
3: And it's an enduring strategy, unlike a discount strategy, which might work well during a recession, but likely is not going to last. Absolutely. I also like the way in that example about Chick fil A, when you talk about, you know, painting the cows as the heroes. What's cool about that is they didn't talk negatively about Burger King or McDonald's or Wendy's or other kinds of fast food that has beef, right? But it's this implied thing that's really very clever.
0: By the way, you know who else has done comparative ads that have blown up their business? T Mobile. Wendy's. Wendy's is doing it right now against all the other fast food chains. Their Twitter handle is one of the greatest of all time. And it's authentic. It's funny. It does not offend anybody. It makes everybody laugh. An example that, somebody asked Wendy's Twitter handle what they thought about the International House of Pancakes temporarily changing their name to the International House of Burgers. And you know, their response back was, well, look, if you can't get pancakes right, we're not too worried about you on the burger front. And I mean, it's just like constant laughter. But by the way, that is painting the International House of Pancakes or Burgers. It brands them as inferior. It builds loyalty to Wendy's because people laugh at that and say, I want to be over there with those guys because they're fun and they're different. And by the way, they don't freeze their burgers. Like that's one of their big takes and why they you know, go after people. Apple did this with the Mac versus PC ads from about 10, 12 years ago. Oh yeah, That is the greatest negative comparison ad campaign ever because the Mac guy was cool and hip and young and fun and funny. And the PC guy was old and nerdy and overweight and square glasses. And he fell all over himself and everybody laughed at the PC guy but the PC guy got branded as an inferior product. They launched that ad campaign around the same time the iPhone came out because they wanted to own the young market. How did that play out for Apple?
2: I think it's working. I think it's
3: working. <laughs> it seems it, like it worked out real well. But, but again, in doing that, you have to be willing to let go of the other part of the marketplace and do that with confidence. hundred percent. And you have
0: to go and do things differently. The reason that those brands and those companies are at the top of the heap is because they're marketing to emotion. Does anybody have a more loyal following than Apple? Because they've built relationships. They're not a commodity in their customers' eyes. They have built relationships now. I'll tell you, it was much stronger with Steve Jobs in charge than it is now. But that's how long loyalty endures. And so this is really what it's all about. And everybody is telling business owners again that they need to throw up a bunch of tactics. And that is the dumbest, worst thing you as a business owner can do. And I bet you the small business owners listening to right now are probably nodding their head and go, yep, done that. That was a waste of money. And I'm telling you, this is the one area, the one strategy, the one way to implement your marketing that will give you lifetime growth. But you have to constantly change and innovate, and you have to constantly tweak. It isn't like you just decided to do it, write a check and it happens. It's not the way it works just like politics has changed infinitely in the last 20 years. It's the same way. But the reason we're different is because we have election day. In politics, election day forces us to innovate like crazy. It forces us to think about the client first before we go have as much success as we need. Because if our clients win, and that's a key word in my book, winning, if the client wins, then I'm going to be successful. If the client loses, I'm out of business. And so I'm forced to innovate every single day. And that's the mindset we take on the business side as well.
2: Well, Philip, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really fantastic session with you.
0: Well, I appreciate it as well. If you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this. I mean, my mission in life is to help business owners, especially those that are stuck or have gone through a lot of frustration. So thank you for the platform.
2: Uh, It's been a great value add. And Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, I think
0: if there's any business owner out there that's listened to this and this just resonated with, it's really stuck with them. We have an offer and it's free. We call it the free five-minute marketing audit to grow your business by 50%. And you go to philipstutz.com backslash audit. And basically it takes you a business owner five minutes. They'll fill out their publicly available digital footprint. My team will spend two to three business days pouring over everything that's publicly available. We'll put a report together and that's not all. We'll even do a 30 minute consultation call on that report, and it's free. We've done about 150 of these so far, various people and business owners. And the ones that have implemented our findings have all gone on to grow their business at a minimum over the long term, 50%. So we know that it is highly effective. And 150 audits so far, we have never had a business owner come back and say, I don't agree with you. Every single one of them has been like, oh, wow, I could be tweaking that a little differently and having a better result. And so that's an offer if if anyone is interested.
2: Our guest today has been Philip Stutz, author of the Amazon bestseller, Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell. You can learn more about Philip as well as find links to download his document on the three things you should know before you hire or fire a marketing agency. You'll also find a link to his agency's free 5-minute marketing audit, along with a 30-minute phone review with you, all on our website at businessownersradio.com.
1: Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode, along with links and offers, in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback